Well, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Mind Your Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm sitting with Seth Cohen. He is a co-founder at Sweetfin, an exploding fast casual restaurant chain. They are on an awesome, awesome path of growth, and it was cool to sit with Seth and just hear his story of, hey, how they got the idea to start the restaurant, and then how they've scaled, how they've really focused on treating their team well, and how that's paid dividends as they've retained a ton of employees. I love this conversation. If you're in the fast casual or restaurant space, this is the episode for you. But before we get into it, as always, we put on this show here at Cave. We're an agency that helps companies grow using social media. So if you need help, head over to cavesocial.com. We would love to help you out. All right. Sit back, relax, enjoy this episode. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the show. Today, joining me is Seth Cohen. Today, he is a co-founder at Sweetfin Poke. Seth, how are you doing? Doing well. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm happy to have you on. I want to talk about all things, you know, growing your brand, growing your company. I want to get into it. But before we do that, I want to let you set the table. Talk to me about where the idea came from, founding the company, kind of getting from zero to one when we look at locations. And talk to me a bit about the journey so far. And then we'll get into how you all approach growth and expansion. Uh, Yeah, I'd love to get into it. Sure. So my journey started, uh, I guess you could say as a child, I was always very interested in the food world. I was one of I think the only kids as a 10-year-old watching the Food Network was really into all the shows and would always cook for myself and cook with my family. So I just had this innate passion for food and hospitality. I went to USC here in LA and I graduated with a degree in entrepreneurship and business at USC. And out of college, I was working in real estate finance and it just wasn't fulfilling for me. Um, I really wanted to do something that was a little bit more entrepreneurial and less financial related. And you know, while I was in the office, I tried to come up with as many ideas as I could to get out of the office. And um, one of the ideas was um, for a fast casual restaurant that could scale sushi because no one had done anything like that in the past. And I had all these kind of core tenants of what I wanted this concept to be like. And this concept for poke hit them all because no one was doing anything like it, especially in the in the continental United States outside of Hawaii. So it was affordable, it was customizable, it was accessible, it was fresh, it was healthy, all of kind of the trends I was seeing in fast casual. So I thought at the time it was a no-brainer. So I pitched a, a friend of mine, a fraternity brother who went to USC with me on this idea of poke. And, you know, that night over dinner, of course, we became partners. And, you know, quickly thereafter, we had this goal of making Sweetfin the next Shake Shack before we even had one location, um, which was a little bit ambitious. And, and we quickly realized that, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. So we elicited help from our family and friends in terms of just getting advice. And one of the things that our family and friends told us to do is to talk to industry professionals and people who really understood the business. And one of the people that we got put in touch was our third co-founder, a guy named Alan, who had been in the restaurant business for about 20 years. He had different concepts and ranging from quick serve to high-end restaurants. And the three of us became partners, brought on an incredible chef named Dakota Weiss, who had just finished up filming Top Chef. And we created this menu that was insanely unique, especially at the time. Again, no one knew what poke was. When we went out to investors, people thought we were talking about Facebook pokes. You know, Landlords had no idea what a poke concept was. In fact, our first location that we really were sold on was this location down in Bunker Hill in downtown LA, which fortunately didn't didn't work out, but we were about to sign the lease and the, the broker called us and said that you got the landlord decided to change his mind and give the space to a grilled cheese concept, which obviously didn't work out in the long term. So we ended up opening our first store in Santa Monica and out of the gates, it was just call it beginner's luck. 
call it good timing, but you know, it was a home run. We were doing sales that were equivalent to what, you know, an Apple store would do on a square foot, a revenue by square foot basis. And it was really exciting at the time. And, you know, we went ahead and raised a little bit of money to go open what we thought would be stores two, three, and four. And when that happened, this pokey explosion, I guess is what you could call it, took place in the market where there was just a thousand different poke concepts that came in. A lot of them came in and copied us, unfortunately, but just came into the market and flooded the market all over, not only LA, but California and the rest of the US and really the world. So, you know, that was a little bit of a challenge as we started to scale, but we opened stores one through five. And since then, I've slowly been grinding it out and, and up to 14 locations, all of which are in Southern California, LA, San Diego, Orange County. And um, we're on a path to triple our footprint over the next couple of years. We just closed an equity round, which we're really excited about. And yeah, it's been it's been a wild ride over the last six years. That's wild. It's it's so interesting, like to try to go back to that time when nobody knew what it was, right? Because now it's so it's huge. Like you said, there's competitors. There's people. You know, I'm from Vancouver, Canada. I go home to Vancouver. There's poke places now. Is it something that you feel like? Is there one component that a rising tide raises all ships? that consumers are more willing to, you know, come I, in, I, try, come back? I think so. And like, we've been very strategic in our messaging. We've been very strategic in our naming. We actually dropped Poke from our name five years ago. So we just go by Sweetfin just so we wouldn't pigeonhole ourselves in this category that we felt like we didn't have control over. I'm really, you know, our mission at Sweetfin is to fuel life through freshness. And that could be in a poke bowl, that could be a plant-based bowl, it could be a grain bowl, but that's what our mission is, um, to, to serve really delicious, healthy, fresh food. But to go back to your question, I think in some ways it helps the category. It doesn't even matter what category you're in or what business you're in. You know, Educating the consumer and the customer is, is challenging, right? So if you're going to have other people do that for you, in some ways that's a win, right? We could go, you know, we're not going to be the first to market if we decide to open in Vancouver, but you'll have a, a large swath of the population that will understand what you're doing and, and you won't have to spend as much time educating a, a consumer base. The other you know, side of that equation is, it was the consumer educating the right way, right? Is there have other businesses or concepts stained a category? And that can be a challenging thing to overcome as well. So you know, there's always pros and cons to both sides of that. Yeah, you're so right too. It's like dropping poke from the name to say, okay, we're not going to let maybe something that happens to the category now impact our brand if we want to go, if there's vegetable bowls, grain bowls, et cetera. And fast casual itself is just exploding. I think, you know, as the North America becomes more health conscious, we're looking for options like that, right? Now, what's interesting is as this happens and you're grinding, now you get this equity round, it's, you're going to have more locations. How are you all approaching really like you open a new location? How are you approaching growth, retention, you know, really standing out in those new marketplaces? Are there any strategies that you're like, okay, we get in there, we're opening this location and then, yeah. you know, we're going to do one, two, three, or is it you got to feel out that individual market? Like walk me through that a little bit. Sure. There's, there's a lot to unpack <laughs> in that question. So apologies if I ramble a bit, but we've always felt like we needed to differentiate ourselves in every aspect of the business. And what we do is, you know, you could simplify and say we serve, we're a restaurant, we serve food, but 
you know, there's so many aspects of what we do. We run a complete omni-channel business that is completely digital. So we have a footprint on our website where you can order directly through our app. You can order through one of our third-party partners, Postmates and Uber. You could order delivery through our own channels, through our app. You can kiosk order at some of our locations. We have a loyalty program. So there's a whole digital component to what we do that we try to differentiate ourselves in. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're really trying to differentiate ourselves with our product. How can we serve the best, most consistent product across the board. And a lot of that has to do with having the right, identifying the right supply chain and then really investing in your people and making sure they're trained properly and you're always retraining and there's kind of tools in place to make sure that there's QC quality control at all times, the business. And you have to put in SOPs in order to do that. We call our employees our sweet fam. So that's kind of a terminology that we use. And it's obviously a riff off sweet fin, but I think it's important because, you know, in this day and age, it's it's really hard to not only hire, but also retain great team members. And we've been really fortunate throughout the life cycle of our business that we've been able to retain almost all of our upper management and more importantly, our general managers who are working in the store. I'd say 70 to 80% of our team members who work in our restaurants have been with us from the day the store opened to now. So I think treating your team with respect and really we buy into the terminology, sweet fam, fam is family, right? So how can we take care of our team members? How can we build relationships that are beyond kind of transactional, beyond the work environment as we grow and building that company culture is super important to us because everything we do needs to start with our sweet fam, our team members. And from there, we can start to grow our footprint in different markets. And the way we do that, we'll enter a new market. And I guess we've entered three new markets, LA when we first started, San Diego, and then Orange County. But we take a full 360 approach to opening a new store and gaining awareness. So on the basic level is getting to know your neighbors. So we call that local store marketing meeting with the community, meeting with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, meeting with influential people in neighborhoods, getting to know you know, who our neighbors are going to be, bringing them in to try our product, bringing them in for training days. And then, of course, uh, we live in a digital world. So one thing we've invested a lot in over the last five years is creating really beautiful content that revolves around our product or food that really invokes freshness and invokes kind of the chef-driven approach that we take in what we do. Um, so we'll, of course, run a digital campaign that has a geographic kind of target to the area that we're opening. We'll do in-person events. So we'll throw a big grand opening event. We'll again, invite our neighbors. We'll invite kind of key stakeholders in the community and we'll make it fun. We'll, you know, have interactive, you know, food trucks and music and, and all those sort of things. And then of course, um, you know, public relations is super important. So we'll have, uh, we'll hit it from the PR side. You know, we want to tell our story to media outlets and of course, bring in influencers who are going to talk about Sweetfin, um, you know, on their digital platforms as well. I love that. And it's interesting, right? You said something. I want to go back to that first part, which is the sweet fam and treating people with respect. And you said something super important there of that you have to understand in any business that it's deeper than a transaction of come to work, you get, you know, X amount of cash. Okay, we're doing this transaction. It runs deeper than that. People want to be fulfilled. The first thing people are asked, it's like, hi, my name's Jordan. Then they go, oh, what do you do? Right? Like career and what we do is largely tied to the conversation. And why I think that's so important is because as the world now goes more online, right? It's like if you treat your team correctly, they're going to go and look for ways to treat the customer and to make it more than a transaction of just, hey, food for money, right? How do we make that person feel welcome when they come in the store to pick up an online order, maybe where the interaction is minimal. Like, have you seen that really permeate downward too to like that experience now between the customer and the staff? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, COVID has obviously thrown a wrench into things. And with such a large percentage of our orders coming in digitally, that guest interaction, that real touch of hospitality that we used to have isn't as frequent as it used to be. But, you know, where I think you really see it is just retention. You know, it's really challenging to hire and train team members. It's expensive. It's a drain on resources. Your operations aren't running as efficiently. And you can tell when there's a new manager, you can tell when there's a new, you know, cook in the kitchen, right? It really does affect operations. And, you know, to be specific, because about what we do for our sweet fam, you know, I think like little touches, again, like you can say, well, like we care about you or, you know, this is not a transaction because like at the end of the day in our business, our team members can really work at any restaurant, right? We don't pay five times the prevailing wage, right? But everything from, you know, personally handwriting a birthday card for each team member. It doesn't matter who you are. That's something we do. It comes from ownership with a gift. You know, we do a one-year anniversary card for all of our team members. You know, those are things, you know, you got to celebrate wins, team members of the month, you know, employee spotlights via email, you know, going in, making sure that when the ownership is in store, like, first of all, we're very active owners. We're not, we don't sit behind our desks. You'll see us in the stores. We'll work behind the line. We'll, you know, interact with our team members, know their names, ask them how their families are. Like those little touch points are important. That's so huge, right? Like just acknowledging people and like, it it sounds so simple, but just like acknowledging, Hey, happy birthday. Hey, you've been here for one year. Like we're grateful that you're here and we appreciate you. And I know your name and here's a handwritten note and all of those things that maybe seem like old school, you know, in a world that's so digital, so forward, but it's like, it, it matters. So that's cool. And it's interesting because although you can't measure the impact of that in the moment, you can when you look over multiple years to go, whoa, our retention rates are 2x the norm. Like that's huge. And that starts to tell, you know, that starts to quantify itself then of like, oh, okay, we're doing something right here. I love hearing that. Now, for Sweet Pin, you're in three markets. What's the plan moving forward? Is it California? Are you looking to go to other markets pretty aggressively? I know after this raise, what's next for y'all? We're um, looking to expand finally outside of Southern California. So Arizona, Texas, our markets we're looking at, Florida. I think the common theme is we want to stay in warm weather states that are a little bit more, how should I say, business friendly. Those are the markets we're looking at to start. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Seth, thank you uh, so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate it, man. No worries. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. And I'll put links to Sweetfin's social handles in the show notes so you can go and give them a follow. Thanks again for listening, everybody. And we'll catch you next time. Um.